On today's Locked On Texan podcast, J.J. Watt officially retiring as a Houston Texan, and he will enter the ring of honor for the franchise. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a J.J. Watt episode hmm. on this Tuesday, episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to our everyday us from the Himalayas. We see y'all every Monday through Friday and right now in the offseason every other day. But thank you guys for stopping by. If you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment wherever you listen to your podcast, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, along with YouTube. I am John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than your credential Texan media member, your Sports Illustrated's own Cody. Da- and I say your Cody Davis, excuse me. I say yours because I'm for the guys- people. For the, for the people. people, you guys come to the Locked On Texas podcast to get your source of information. And without you, we don't have this opportunity. So he is your source of information. He is your Texan credential media member. But today we are talking about your team and the greatest player to play in Texan franchise history. Oh, now, if you guys... Greatest? Oh, second greatest? I'm just... The second. greatest player <laughs> in franchise history. If you guys remember last week, we had an opening for the uh, Damian Pierce podcast about him being better as a patch protector. And I said a little prayer. And in that prayer, it was included that J.J. Watt retires as a Houston Texan and that he gets inducted into the ring of honor Mm. immediately this (laughs) offseason. And that is what exactly has happened on Monday after the uh, weekend scrum of what did the Houston Texans mean by the subliminal messages uh, on Twitter, the cryptic, you know, the hmm. the, the uh, announcement date that they put out there with the silhouette photo, J.J. Watt is retiring as a Houston Texan, and he is being inducted into the Ring of Honor. Cody, I think, and I said this on yesterday's show, I'll say it again, this is a perfect cap to an amazing offseason, bringing in D'Amico Ryans, uh, you know, trading for Shaq Mason, drafting your franchise quarterback, trading up to go get Will Anderson, all of the little pieces for Houston that has put some real expectations on this franchise. And now you look at the relationship between the fans, the fan base, and the franchise, that's starting to become – uh, a little bit better compared to what has been in the past couple of seasons. I think with everything that's been going on, getting it right right now and bringing J.J. Watt back home, which was the theme of the video that was posted on the Houston Texans Twitter page. If you have not had an opportunity to check it out, go on Twitter to the Houston Texans Twitter page and watch it. But the theme of bringing them home, that was the best decision to get it done right now. Now that he's in June, the uh, contract for the Arizona Cardinals is officially over with. He could technically be a free agent. If he wants to play football again, he can. But (laughs) having that happen now and not waiting and not pushing it back and making sure that it was known 
the greatest franchise player in this uh, franchise history will be in the ring of honor. No brainer. Great decision by the McNair family. Great decision by the powers that be. I loved it. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, John, um, this literally capped off possibly the best offseason in this franchise history, especially when you consider that everything that has taken place over the last three years that kind of went into the decision of J.J. Watt leaving this franchise in March. Uh, what's that? February or March of 2021, as everybody know, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the one the one thing I love most about this John, when we talked about the possibility of the Texans introducing him into the Ring of Honor last week, I said, you know, I hope they do it for the season, the home opener against the Indianapolis Colts. However, I loved it even more. And I didn't even think about this, that they are doing it week four, October 1st, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which means everybody in his family going to be in attendance because – his brother, T.J. Watt, is still one of the top defensive linemen in the league. So, of course, he's going to be in the city of Houston. I think as of right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Derek Watt, I think, is still a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, depending on if he gets picked up later or whatever, maybe he may or may not be in attendance or whatever. But everybody in his family, important to him, they're going to be there. And I think that's that, that just made this moment even more special john and a part of me is also thinking about it in in this way if the houston texans do not go out and get their next potential franchise quarterback and get their new head coach and let's say this franchise was still somewhat in 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 some type of abyss like they have been over the last few years i'm not too sure if we are talking about the houston texans introducing jj white in the ring of honor this soon because Watt and other former players, they all had some negative stuff to say about what they did not like about this organization between the years of 20, um, between the years of 2020 and 2021. And to finally see them come out of that. And John, we talked about it, I believe, last week, how there were so many former players showing up to OTA's practice last week. Today is the start of mandatory minicamp, and, and it's going to last all the way up until tomorrow. And, we, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see more former player. This is just another example that the Houston Texans are out of that dark shadow that they was over over the last three years. And to see the greatest player in franchise history return, and we're going to have an opportunity to celebrate him, it's special, man. It's special. Yeah, J.J. Watt ranks 24th in league history with 114 and a half career sacks, uh, five-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Defensive Player of the Year award winner. J.J. Watt, again, I mean, I, I don't think there's no doubt, Cody. I mean, I know, I know you like to have fun and joke a little bit, but <laughs> no, no, there's, no, there's no, no doubt. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> there is no doubt that J.J. Watt is the greatest Texan in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people – uh, maybe criticizing or critiquing the Texan, you know, social media team, but just a franchise with the announcement of the announcing. And, I, you know, to that, I would say when you've been in a dark place for so long, like this franchise, every little speck of light deserves to, you know, have its own lane and its own screen to be washed upon. And mm-hmm. I think that for JJ, coming back 
Cody, he didn't leave on the best of terms. No, he didn't. Uh, Andre well, Johnson didn't fault, necessarily. I'm sorry. No, I was saying which wasn't his fault because no, it at wasn't that his point fault, things was really going down. We look at Andre Johnson before he was inducted into the Ring of Honor. We look at this team that has had great players come through the building, and a lot of those players doesn't necessarily have the best relationship with this franchise. Hmm. JJ, I think, has been the one that, you know, through trial and error, through the ups and downs, the relationship, at least with the McNair family, has always been good. Uh, then we look at what he's been able to do for the city of Houston. You can't find dirt on his name. So, again, getting it done now and making a big deal about it is the right way to go, right? And we're also in the social media age. I can see if this is 20, 25 years ago. But now with everything going viral, social media and posts and, you know, how the videos are, you need a good, you need a good social media team to operate in today's climate, especially in sports. Yeah, those guys are putting in the work to create those videos for special moments like this. And there's no way around J.J. Watt being inducted into the Ring of Honor. So I had no problem with it. I think that when you look at everything this man has done, right, and I think his last big moment was that Bills playoff game. My favorite he, moment, man. That, that sack <laughs> changes the trajectory of that game. I mean, that sack man. leads to the Deshaun Watson Michael Jordan moment in that game, right? The cap this entire offseason off with making sure this got done immediately was the perfect thing for this franchise to do. And in the past three seasons, we haven't had a lot of I'm proud of you moments, but I'm proud that they got it done. Let's all make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. With FanDuel, you get great promotions every day. It's an app that is safe and secure, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on the official sports betting partner of the NBA and NFL. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. As I mentioned in the first segment, um, today is the start of mandatory OTAs. It's something that we kind of discussed last week, but I want to bring it back around. Um, Steven Nelson is expected to be at practice on later on today. So, you know, hopefully they got a deal in place, but it's good to know that the Houston Texans are possibly for the very first time entering a season without any type of storyline, negative storyline um, impacting them. But to continue, oh, you want to say something real quick? I do want to mention that neither CJ or Will Anderson have signed their rookie contracts. Mm, well, that's because, you know, you got to see, you know, how much bread. They need to break them. Two and three, that's a, that's a lot of money for Houston oh, to come <laughs> I know, right? But, um, you know, we're going to continue with the theme of celebrating J.J. Watt. And on yesterday, um, I had an opportunity over at Texans Daily um, Sports Illustrated. I had an opportunity to write a career retrospective um, talking about the great legacy of J.J. Watt. And my story was just talking about how, you know, as of right now, he is the third member of, 
to be included in the Texans ring of honor. Of course, it's Andre Johnson and the late great Bob McNair. Um, but I also mentioned in that story that unless one of the new players, a newcomer brings a Vince Lombardi trophy to the city of Houston, it's going to be hard for anybody to top the legacy of JJ Watt. And John, while I was writing that story, Everybody loved that 2012 season when J.J. Watt really became an all-time great. I had to reflect really quick on 2014, man. And still to this day, I don't understand how he did not win MVP. I understand that he's in Texas. Aaron Rodgers' year? There was Aaron Rodgers' year. I understand the Texans finished with a 9-7 and record, but come on, man. The man lined up at tight end three times. And had three touchdowns in the red zone. I think he they can use that today. <laughs> he had five total that year. Uh, five to- man, guess right? Because he had two- he had one pick six and I think a fumble recovery that led mm-hmm. to a touchdown. Come on, man! Like that's one of those moments where you say, "What is the definition of most valuable player?" That's one of the biggest robberies. JJ man. JJ had a, a lot of seasons, at least three seasons where in the next 10 to 15 years, actually, I I would say recently we just had the debate on at their peak who was a better player, and it was between J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald. Yeah, That was a recent conversation. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, And and it was just so like by that time, J.J. Watt was already a Cardinal. So, yeah, we forgot about those MVP, I mean, the defensive player of the year years. But going back, man, like, People really forgot, and the whole my whole argument was, we've never seen a hybrid defensive end, <laughs> right? And I mean, on both sides of the ball, at his peak was the 2014 year, 20 plus sacks, uh, how many hurries and pressures and, and 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 QB hits, how many like the five TDs and uh, what he was able to do for Houston lining up. Like these were not pick sixes; these were not like the Trayvon Diggs when he had those pick sixes a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. This was a guy who was called off of the bench while he was supposed <laughs> to be getting rest because the offense was on the field, but they needed a score and they called his number. And so, yeah, in, in 10 years, J.J. Watt is going to be one of those players. You just had to be there. You just had to see it, right? We forget about a lot of the greats. Champ Bailey is one of them. You just had to see how great of a football player J.J. Watt was to really understand and grasp how great that man was on the field. Now, does he have a future with the Houston Texans? I, we, we talk about, you know, at one point, Andre Johnson. Let's uh, let's bring Andre Johnson back to coach the wide receivers. D'Amico Ryan is the head coach. Let's bring back uh, uh, Brian Cushion to be able to coach the linebackers. Do we see a future with J.J. Watt in this franchise? Before I let you go, I will say I don't think it'll be on the field per se. But mm-hmm. I think J.J. Watt would be a perfect front office guy, a guy that I did what I did on the field. I still have influence on the field. In order for me to make this franchise better, I can be a perfect middleman between players in the front office. And I think that the office of 16 and Kirby would do him wonders. I agree with that. I don't see him being a part of the Texans coaching staff. Um, which that would be phenomenal if he end up being a part of the Miko Ryan's coaching staff at some point throughout the throughout his six year, hopefully more tenure as head coach of the Texans. But I can definitely see 
J.J. Watt taking on an advisory role, um, especially when you consider that the Texans have so many young, promising pieces, more so Will Anderson Jr. Like, do you know how much Will Anderson will be able to learn from Watt, especially now that he's playing more so where we are expecting him to play with his hand in the dirt? Like, Watt will be able to teach, and and I, and I just don't want to exclude this just to Anderson. Of course, a guy like Jonathan Gennard can, you know, learn something from him as well. You know, a lot of the young defensive ends, defensive linemen that the Houston Texans have, they can learn a lot from J.J. Watt. And, you know, he's just one of those people to where when he speaks, you're going to definitely listen. You're going to definitely take notes because, look, everybody understands that J.J. Watt comes with this type of, respect and admiration and rightfully so but at the end of the day john you also talking about in many people's opinion a top a top 10 defensive lineman of all time and, and once again you know we could debate this and go back and forth but just like you just like you mentioned jj watt was a player you needed to be here in order to see and to truly appreciate his work man and i just think that everything both the good and the bad that he had went through throughout his whole entire 12 year career. Of course, the 10 years here in the city of Houston, it needs to get out and he can help so many of these young guys. And hopefully a lot of those young guys will be here in the city of Houston. Could JJ Watt be the next, uh, what's my man? Uh, the quarterback, the GM for the Broncos for the past few years, John Elway. Could he be the next John Elway? Is that too? Could he? Could he? I mean, I mean, well, like, is there opportunity for Houston? Like, you talking about a, John Elway before he became the GM? No, I'm talking about franchise. I mean, you know, great player mm-hmm. that became the general manager, right? John Elway, you know, with Shannon Sharp and TD back in the day, they they, yeah. they were on a good run, and he was a quarterback, and then eventually comes back comes to GM like is there a uh an OJT opportunity training session for JJ Watt where he can spend kind of like what they wanted to do with uh not Brian Hoyer the, the quarterback that they flirted with being the uh Josh McCown Josh McCown like is there something in the front office that Houston can do that can kind of like just prepare him to get ready maybe start off a little bit you know as a assistant to the assistant GM and work his way up from there? Is that, is that a possibility? Um, I'm, I'm going to say no, because now that means Nick Asirio isn't going to be here. And look, I'm not, you know, no huge Nick Asirio fan, but I mean, look, the man been doing a decent job as of right now. I know there was that rumor about whether or not he was going to leave or not, but I, I don't know. I I don't see JJ as a GM type of person. I, I truly see him like a, you know how Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have their own little quarterback camp thing with the rookies and stuff? I can honestly see J.J. Watt doing that for defensive players, but keeping it local here in Houston. And once again, man, like not only could he help a guy like Will Anderson and 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 John Grenard and, and Thomas Booker and all of them, like also I'm pretty the future sure, players that come in. Yeah, in the, the future players Blue that come Gordon. in. But I was I was gonna take it and, and look beyond the defensive line, like Christian Harris, you know. He's played alongside Jonathan Joseph. 
Ah, Eo guy, we're gonna talk about the next segment. But you know, he played alongside a guy with Jonathan Joseph. He knows what a good secondary look like, so he can share that wisdom with Derek Stanley and Jelly Petrie. I, I don't see GM, man. I, I don't see GM. No GM. I see we gotta advisory. No, I like the advisory role, but we got to talk about who could be next to be inducted into the ring of honor for this franchise. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Texan podcast uh, for this Tuesday episode. Just kind of having a lot of fun today, hmm. honoring J.J. Watt, looking at some of the potentials um, that could possibly happen, you know, talking about his future. But now let's talk about if there is a current player on the roster that could be inducted into the ring of honor for this franchise. And right now they only have two, right? Well, uh, two players and, of course, three when you add the late Bob McNair. Right. So current player on the roster and then all-time Texan that hasn't been inducted. For me, when I look at all-time Texan that has not been inducted, it's hard for me not to include the guy that made the offense go during their great years. And that's Arian Foster. I gotta. I... That's and I and I. It's, I'm I'm saying that it's hard for me not to include him. I'm not sure how much of the relationship between Arian Foster and this franchise would hinder him from getting into the Ring of Honor. So if I take that into consideration, it's hard for me not to include and mention Brian Cushing. A guy that this franchise drafted, a guy that has some amazing football, you know, time with him, uh, all pro, uh, you know, a couple of years, defensive rookie of the year, pro bowler uh, in his best year, got four sacks twice. He was a guy that, you know, combined for 130 tackles, 114, 110. And when you needed somebody to be nasty out on that field, it was Brian Cushing. Now, I know about the PD situation, mm. uh, but no player in the NFL is, is 100%. Uh, y- you know, you're not going to always find a lot of JJs. Somewhere in your franchise, your greatest player has some dirt on him in a sense. Uh, but on the field, Brian Cushing, whenever he was healthy and or whatever we would consider healthy, Brian Cushing was a good player for this franchise. Aaron Foster is an interesting one because – I think for me, it's like, even though he is an all-time great, and I like for the, the franchise, he's for the franchise, great. for the franchise, which I still say, if you go back, what was it from 2010 to like 2013, 14, maybe outside of Adrian Peterson, you're not going to name another running back that was better than him at the time. And Adrian at that Peterson time, man, the like, AFC South running backs <laughs> were fun. You had Aaron Foss, you had Chris Johnson. Yeah, Fred Taylor as well, right? Oh, uh, was he no, after? By that time, it was Jones Drew. Jones, Drew, that's Drew. what that was. Who was pretty um, good in his own way, too. Was Joseph Adai, not Joseph Adai. Was it Joseph Adai around that time? For the Colts, I'm going to look that up, but back to the Houston, Texas. But um, the, the only thing, the only knock I would have against Arian Foster, and guys, I love Arian Foster a lot. But to me, I think his impact and his longevity wasn't long enough because it was only for what those 
three seasons. And then after that, of course, the injuries started happening. And I believe he left in 2014, 2015. That's when he signed with the Miami Dolphins. And of course, was never the same after that. But I will say that that three year stint that he had, like I say, outside of Adrian Peterson, I don't think you can name another running back in the entire league that was better than him at the time. Uh, but talking about a guy that should be included in the ring of honor, man, I got to go with Jonathan Joseph. I, I, You know, when you take a look at that Houston Texans defense, basically throughout the whole entire 2010s, um, especially during that time when J.J. Watt was arguably, if not the best, no lower than the third or fourth best player in the league. And I think one, one of those years, I believe it was 2014 going into 2015, he was actually ranked number one in the NFL. I think twice um, in top 100. So, so, so twice, twice. twice. I know for sure once, but I think twice. And, and so th- that lets you know how great J.J. Watt was. But even though J.J. Watt got a lot of the glory and rightfully so, Jonathan Joseph was just as important, especially when you consider that his <clears throat> Pro Bowl years in, in 2011 and 2012, the years when the Houston Texans went, what, 10 wins and then turned around and won a franchise record, 12 wins. Like, Jonathan Joseph had a lot to do with that as well. So that's on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, man, I think this is going to be a conversation a lot of people are going to have once he retires. DeAndre Hopkins. I think you're going to have to put his name in there when it's all said and done. Um, Because just like Aaron Foster, outside of maybe Antonio Brown, and I say, and that's a huge maybe because at one time I had them neck and neck. You couldn't name a better wide receiver that was better than DeAndre Hopkins for what 2014 to basically to 2018 to the time he left. Honestly, he went out there and produced. I used to call him Andre Johnson 2.0 because it didn't matter what quarterback he was playing with, he was still producing. Mm-hmm. And once again, no disrespect to Antonio Brown prior to the CTE, but at least he was playing with an all-time great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. And just like Andre Johnson say, every single year when he's campaigning to be included in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he never played with an all-time great quarterback. And DeAndre Hopkins only had, what, about a good three years of that with a healthy Deshaun Watson? Because I don't even include the 2017 season Watson's rookie year because he only played, what, four five games and he got hurt. And D-Hop still went out there and balled out. <laughs> so Jonathan Joseph. DeAndre Hopkins, those should be the next two players who should have their name added into the Ring of Honor, man. We talk and, about players with relationships, so I hate to cut you off, but Dwayne no, no, Brown also. Who? Like Dwayne Brown. But we can't, Ooh. we can't, we can't. The the issue with the Ring of Honor is I do wonder how much of the relationship that may have been fractured or not with the franchise matters because on the offensive side of the ball. Dwayne Brown was a beast. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, we look at the good years at Matt Shaw. We look at how potent that running game was with Gary Kubiak. Dwayne Brown was right there as the anchor for that offensive line. Uh, I just wonder how the relationship is right now currently with this with the franchise. Mm. Current now, players? I was going to say, let's have some fun. Current players. Current players. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Larry Tunsil. 
I was gonna say Larry Tussle. He's the only guy that you can think of as of right now. Oh, because everybody know what he meant. Let's go current future players. Will CJ Stroud be in there? Uh Maybe I, would say, <laughs> I would say that if there is a player that I think is gonna stick around and, and we're gonna see him blossom and be a part of the city, it's a guy that is actually from this city. I'd be hard pressed to find a better candidate outside of Jalen Petrie. Wow, over Derek Stingley. Like if we just having fun and just thinking projections and what they I would could be, be hard pressed because I, I look I would look at a, a Derek Stingley as a guy that you know he didn't necessarily get drafted to a to a big market mm-hmm. and. Houston, I think if he reaches his full potential, Houston's going to have to pay a lot of money, and they're going to be forced to bid against other teams to maybe retain him. Mm. But Jalen Petrie, man, he's he's from you know the city in, in terms of being from the area. Had an amazing rookie year, you know. I, I pray against any injuries, but his trajectory on being a great safety in today's football is very high because he can do a lot of different things. He's very versatile. You know, he's working on those tackles. But yeah, I would say Jalen Petrie. Wow, that's that's. I, I, but I get where you're going. I, I get where you're coming from. So I will. I will say you know I will have to agree. Which of course this is at this point looking at future future players. It's just it's just fun at this point because yeah. you know maybe C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., the guy that they're gonna pick up with the Cleveland Browns pick next year. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the jj watch show here on the locked on texas podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at locked on texas also subscribe like and comment to the locked on texan podcast on youtube as well and as always i'm your host cody m davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 before we go shout out to the great mark berman who officially retired on yesterday city of houston media sports would never be the same you talking about an all-time great shout out to mark berman for over 40 years i think it was either 40 or 42 man it was a long time man but (laughs) until next time ladies and gentlemen peace